now, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Hello, people. <laughs> Here we are again. Yeah, we are. I never know how to start this show, just so you know. That's why I started this way. Just so you know. Yeah, I do. All right, hey. It is Sunday night, August 4th, 2019. And this is Bible News Radio, people. Yeah, it is. Well, it's not really radio, but whatever. I hope you have had a good day. Yeah, I do. So tonight what we're going to do is we're going to talk about faith. F-A-I-T-H. Faith, people. And the statement, a faith that cannot be trusted, tested, a faith that cannot be tested, cannot be trusted. Do you agree or disagree with this? Do you believe that if you have faith, but it can't be tested, it's not really faith? It's kind of pointless. Or do you believe that as your faith is tested, it actually increases your faith? And the other thing I've been thinking a lot about is this. The people that you surround yourself with, are they actually encouraging you in your faith? Do they lift you up and encourage you by saying, hey, how you doing? What is it you're reading in God's word lately? Do you have a prayer request I can pray for you? You know, and not one of these gossipy type prayer requests like, yeah, pray for Uncle Joe who has, you know, hemorrhoids or whatever. That's one of the most annoying things about prayer groups, actually, is that many prayer groups are like, let's go around and share our prayer requests. And everybody always shares a, a request about somebody else. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. People don't share like honest stuff about themselves, what they really need prayer about. Unless they're the complaining type, that's all they do is complain during prayer request giving time. <clears throat> Not that any of you have ex- ever experienced that, but just saying, I have. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about faith, especially in light of uh, the second shooting that just took place here in America, home of the free, land of the brave, yep, and so tonight, Fairface, my beloved man, powerful preacher of God's word, (laughs) yeah, he is, super hot and hunky and cute and muscular, yeah, graying hair. A little laid back is going to be my co-host, as always. So? <laughs> 11 days, mister. Yeah, 11 days. Let me um, put the camera kind of... It's <clears throat> hard, you know? Yeah, it is. Positioning myself over here and... Oh, there's my hand. Talk to the hand. No. It's because you're so tall and your short wife isn't. Mm-hmm. Any of you who have ever met us in person know that I'm way shorter than Bareface. He, like, towers over me. Like, like... 
I'm like here and Bareface is way up here. <laughs> the only time I'm taller than Randall is when I'm standing up and he's sitting down. <laughs> he literally can lay his head on top of my, my, no, his, his chin on the top of my head. Yeah, he can. He's the only one that I like doing that too. If you're tall and you decide you want to hug me and put your head on top of my head, I'd be like, you're not my husband. Get your head off the top of my head. Anyway, <laughs> so Randall and I um, have, uh, are in 11 days, are going to celebrate our 27th wedding anniversary. Do we have plans for this at all? <laughs> Is this it? We'll just, we're not doing a show, so that's good because, yeah. you know, usually we would be, but it's now a that Thursday, we're Thursday, right? It is. It is a Thursday. Yep. 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 I think one thing that we should do uh, on our anniversary is go to Andy's. Okay. I love Andy's. <laughs> we should have Andy's sponsor this show. You want to sit outside on the porch no. or whatever? Mm -mm. No. No. I don't. But anyway, hey, John is here. Hey, John. Yeah, I thought I saw him come in. Yeah, Danielle is here. Gina and Mia. Melanie are here. The whole gang is here. That's so nice. It is. You guys love us. I don't know why. What do we do to deserve you people? Yeah, that's the question. <laughs> I don't know if anybody's over on YouTube or Twitch. But uh, let's see here. Twitch, Twitch. I'm going to log over there on Twitch. Yeah, I am. So tonight's show was inspired in part by the pastor's sermon tonight. So right now our pastor is going through the book of Revelation in the evening service. And uh, tonight he talked about the church of Smyrna. Yeah. And, you know, it was an interesting message. I've, I've actually been studying that church for the last couple of weeks. And I told him so. I was like, before a sermon, I was like, hey, just so you know, I'm looking forward to your sermon tonight. And I want you to know that I've been studying it the last couple of weeks. He's like, well, I've been studying it for three weeks. And he said, you know, he actually said this to him. I'm not kidding you. He said, he said, if I have any problems with this passage, I will call you up. And then you can call your husband up to preach. <laughs> I thought that was funny. You got to know our, our pastor. But, um, but yeah, let me, I want to read you. Um, well, let's read it. Why not, Bareface? We'll just go ahead and read uh, Revelation chapter 2, verses 8 to 11. How's that sound? Sounds good. All right. So if you, yeah, okay, that's right there. If you make it just slightly bigger, then I can read it better. Mm, I don't know. Without, okay. I, don't worry about Oh, yeah, I can read that. Okay. It kind of goes off the screen a little bit. All right. So here's, listen to this. And this is important, especially in light of um, what's going on in our world, right? Okay. So. This is a message to Smyrna, and it says here, beginning in verse 8, And to the angel of the church in Smyrna write, The first and the last who was dead and has come to life says this, I know your tribulation and your poverty, but you are rich. And the blasphemy by those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to cast some of you into prison, that you may be tested, and you will have tribulation ten days. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. 
He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. (laughs) There you go. So that's a, I don't know if you've ever studied the book of Revelation. The Revelation. Or Revelations, as some people say, which isn't really accurate, but. But, um, it's not the title, but there are revelations yes. in the book. But it is it is an interesting thing. And I have to tell you that... Um, um, Something. Well, I'm reading from my notes. These are dated July 23rd, okay? Yeah. Just so you can see that I did study this a couple of weeks ago on my own. And my pastor didn't teach me this. God did. <laughs> But I, I actually, there's a couple of things, though, that stood out to me about this. And I and I liked what our pastor pointed out. First of all, he actually pointed out, this is something I did not get on my own. My pastor pointed out, he talked about Smyrna and how the, the core root of that word is myrrh. You know, you guys remember gold, frankincense, and myrrh? You know, how that, you know, was a gift given to, to the Lord. But myrrh... Um, you know, is, is really a symbol of death and, you know, and pre- preserving the body. It's a spice that was used for doing that and stuff. And so it was interesting that even in the name of the church that Christ is talking to, there's even some symbolic, you know, symbolism in, in that. Um, but what really stood out to me when I was studying this a couple of weeks ago was... Um, how Jesus is referred to as the first and the last, the alpha and the omega, and the omega. Um, and I will have, wait, hold on here. Maybe I have to back up because there's numerous passages actually that talk about the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. Um, and maybe it's in a different notebook. <laughs> oh, wait, no, wait, wait, wait. I have to wait, wait for it. Uh, nope, that's not it. Well, never mind about that. But anyway, there really is. Um, oh yeah, no, here it is. Right here on this page. Right there. Okay, so, so like, for example, in Isaiah 44, verse 6, uh, the word of God says, Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel and his Redeemer, Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and I am the last and there is no God besides me. And then you, if you read through, you'll also see other references to this in Isaiah 48, chapter 48. You can read through that. Revelation chapter 1, which he also mentions it in chapter 1. And then Revelation chapter 22, verse 13, which is near the very end of the book of Revelation. He refers to himself as the Alpha and the, the Omega, the beginning and the end, the one who is to come again. And so when I think about that, and when I think about the idea of our faith and the idea of, you know, do we have a faith that has been tested or that is worth testing? So like, for example, um, and, and there's a reason I'm bringing this up. Okay. Cause, cause in here he talks about, um, you know, in, in the, to the church of Smyrna, one of the things that I don't think many people talk about is how, uh, there is the, the, the um, synagogue of Satan, right? One of the things my pastor said tonight is that, that the devil has his own church, right? And all the devil likes to do is copy the regular church. He doesn't really have any original ideas of his own. But any church 
That is truly upholding the word of God and the life-giving message of Jesus Christ, forgiveness through him and the forgiveness of sins, you know, and there's real transformation and true godliness um, that the enemy wants to destroy that church, right? Because, because they're not getting people to follow Satan. <laughs> they're getting people to follow the Lord. Um, so... It made it was it made me think when our pastor tonight made the statement. Wait, hold on, I gotta quote it again. I have it written down right over here. Wait, hold on, I got a lot of pa 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 paper pa pages here. He said, "A faith that cannot be tested cannot be trusted." So, I mean, you could carry this into the ma the ma material world, like, like how many of you would actually get on a tightrope? before somebody else tested it. Like you would be the first one to walk on the tightrope just to make sure it, it worked. <laughs> I don't know that I would. I'd be like, eh, no, you need to test it. It's like buying a car, a baby car seat for your car, you know? You know, they put them through all these tests before they sell them because just in case, you know, you want your baby to not die, you know, that type of thing. Pretty much everything made that we have that's been given to us in some way materially has been tested, right? You know, will it break? How long will it last? You know, that type of thing. And is it worth it? You know, is it, I mean, how many of you would like, you know, a very first bottle of water that was put in plastic or whatever? I mean, wouldn't you want that plastic tested? That's just a bad example, especially for all the health food nut people out there. But you know what I'm talking about, okay? Um, it's, it's like, how good is it if it's not tested? All right, Bareface. I think Bareface wants to say something. I want to say a lot, but... Go ahead. But just to interject right here, when things are tested, they're not handled with kid gloves and, right. you know, gently, you know, set place. No, dude, don't breathe on that. Don't touch it. We're testing it. We're, we're what? No. When things are tested, like those car seats... To put into crashes. This is plastic, and yeah, I'm drinking out of it. Don't hate me. Yeah, um, I'm fully aware of how evil this is. Yeah, the. Mm -hmm. But is is the uh, plastic BPA free? I don't know. But it, the water was purified by reverse osmosis. Yep. That's what it says. Anyway, I just wanted to interject that in the material world with the crash dummies and, you know, the things that are tested, underwriter laboratories, mm -hmm. they're not tested by being handled, handled gently. Right. And um, things are tested by going through tough times. Tough times never last, but tough, tough people, people do. do. <laughs> Back to you. I'm sorry, I just had to quote Robert Schuler, you know, the word of prosperity, gospel, faith teacher, guy, the positive thinking dude who's now dead. Um, anyway, um, <laughs> there's certain things that are forever etched in your mind, right? So anyway, so here's the thing, you know, I wanted to bring this topic up because when Randall and I heard that tonight, we were like, that's going to be a good topic for our show because... I think so often that believers get, if they are grounded or introduced to Christ or Christianity in an unbiblical way, then they actually think that 
they should have a perfect positive life and that there should never be a problem they're you know that they should be having millions of dollars rolling into their mailbox every day they should have perfect health wealth you know they should have the you know everything under the sun that they want they should never have to go through any problems and unfortunately there's a lot of people that teach that which is heresy it's really unbiblical it's heretical contrary to people who you know have been taught from the beginning that the Bible is actually a book of persecution. In fact, my friend Glenn Penner, who died many years ago, he wrote, um, he worked for Voice of the Martyr Martyrs in Canada. He actually wrote a book called In the Shadow of the Cross. And if you've listened to me for a while, you've heard about this, but it's actually called In the Shadow of the Cross. And what he did before he died of cancer at about 50 years old was he chronicled every single passage in the Bible that talked about persecution. And, and there's actually a course through the Voice of the Martyrs. I think it's still free that you could actually go through that he taught on video. Um, but the Old Testament is history of the Jews being persecuted. And the New Testament is, his, is history of the Jews and Christians being persecuted. Into today where we are all still being persecuted. Um, you know, we're being tested. Our faith is being tested. Uh, it's being challenged. And, you know, one of the biggest uh, fighters against our faith is the media, right? I mean, because you have the media trying to tell you as Christians that you can't hold a biblical worldview publicly anymore. You can't, you have to keep your faith in the closet. You have to keep your mouth shut, you know, or you're going to be convicted of a hate crime, a speech crime, a thought crime, uh, and you're going to be thrown in jail. And if you don't think that's true, then, you know, I could list a handful of American pastors that have been thrown in jail in just the last decade uh, because of their faith here in America. So it's, it's interesting um, to really think about. And then the other thing to think about, I think there's a couple of categories, is that some people are the, are the source of their own issue. You know, there are some people who, well, the devil made me do it. You know, um, they create their own, their own problems. They're, they are their problem. They, and they don't want to get themselves help. Uh, as a therapist, I can tell you, I, I work with some people. It's like, mandated or motivated, you know, the mandated people like, okay, look, I have to be here. Eh, I don't want to be here talking to you. You know, I mean, <laughs> seriously, I'd be like, well, you know, in my mind, I'd be like, and I don't want to be talking to you either. <laughs> this is too bad. I've, I had a client, one of my very first clients, it was so funny. She was a girl who I was at the time I was, I was in the, the Christian College Counseling Center. And this woman um, wanted her therapist to be the head count. She, to, she wanted her to be the, the, the school psychologist who was like almost the dean of the school. She just had this like thing with wanting this, the leader of the counseling center to be her therapist. Well, obviously the leader of the counseling center who also happened to be our clinical director at the time, she's like, nope, I'm going to give you to somebody like we're training right now. And we'll see how it goes. And so uh, her name was the, the supervisor was Laura. So Laura said, um, I'm going to assign you to Stacy. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, my very first sit down client. And I'm like, all right, this should be good. 
so I'm sitting there and person walks in and sits down and you picture this you've got a picture so there's the couch on that side of the room and me on the other side of the room sitting in my therapy chair looking all therapeutic and she's sitting there like this you know with her arms like and I'm like so how you doing and her response was I don't want to talk to you and I'm so I'm sitting there and I'm like hmm, all right well they didn't train me how to do this so I'll just I'll just say well why don't you want to talk to me <laughs> always answer a question with a question perfectly perfectly fine I already told you I don't want to talk to you and I'm like is there a reason you don't want to talk to me <laughs> She's and I'm sitting there and and my chair actually happened to have a like I could pull it back you know it was kind of like one of those those uh, rocking type chairs you can go like this and there were some magazines you know in my uh in my office oh yeah John you could probably relate to this so she was sitting there just like I don't want to talk to you and I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to force you to talk to me. Well, hold on just a second. I'm going to lean down here and get a magazine. Would you like a magazine? No, I don't want a magazine. I said, well, I know that you don't want to talk to me. So if you don't mind, I'm just going to get a magazine until our session is over. And I'm going to read it. So I got my magazine. It didn't happen to be this one. This one's, this is sweet. But I was there, got my magazine. I'm sitting there. And I'm thinking to myself, Boy, this is going to be good. I wonder how long I got to sit here with this woman who doesn't want to talk to me, who is being mandated to see me. This is this is sucky as a therapist. This isn't what I went into this career for. <laughs> so then what do you think happened? Well, if you thought all of a sudden she started talking to me, you would be correct. <laughs> because she she had an issue with me reading a magazine, you know, and all that. So she's like, how come you're not talking to me? And I'm like, well, because you just said you didn't want to talk to me. And I'm like, thought I would read a magazine. Do you want to talk now? No. I'm like, okay. All right. Well, then I'm going to finish the magazine. So I picked it back up and I'm continuing to read. She got livid. I'm like, and then she stood up. I have nothing to say to you. I'm leaving right now. And she just opened the door, slammed the door, ran out into the office. And me being a brand new therapist, I thought, you know what? She didn't pay me. I have to get up and chase her outside the office. So I stood up. I ran out the office and I said, hey, you didn't pay me. <laughs> well, so anyway, so by that time she left. So whatever. I didn't get paid. At least not that day. Um, but later I had to go into supervision and, and tell Laura the, you know, what happened. And I know, right, John? <laughs> and uh, um, and so Laura, she's like, well, well, let's see what happens. See if she'll come back the next week. And I'm like, all right. So, <laughs> so the next week came, the client came back. And, and this time she did talk. And she's like, I said, I was like, so, you know, last session went really well, didn't it? You know, you lasted about 15 minutes with me and, 
then ran out. By the way, you have to pay me for the last session. Don't forget to do that this week, okay? And she started to, like, her walls started to come down. And then the third week she came back. And and by the end of the third week, she was kind of like, yeah, I'm feeling a lot better now. I don't think I'm going to have to see you anymore. <laughs> I went back to supervision and Laura, I'll never forget this because it was so funny. I mean, at the time it really wasn't funny, but now it's funny. Um, I went back to Laura and Laura was like, Stacy, I have to commend you. Every other intern I gave this client to, to see, she lasted one session. She hung out with you for three. <laughs> You're clearly gifted. I'm like, yeah, I am. Um, what's the point, right? My point is, is that even in my therapeutic training, if that, if I hadn't gone through some type of test, well, then how, you know, how could I withstand, you know, what I was going to endure and learn as a therapist, right? And we all, we all go through it. Whether you're, if you're married, you definitely know if you've succeeded in your marriage, um, you know, and been married for any length of time, you know that marriage makes you a better person. It really does if it's done right. Um, you know, there are some people who are embittered, but um, marriage will do that. Definitely children will do it. And Randall wants to join yeah. us now. So, yeah, do you, do you, uh, remember, the, you remember that, right, when yeah, I went through that? Right. And the supervisor, the day she met you, said, obviously, you're really gifted, right? Mm -hmm. The very first time she met you. I know you're really gifted at this. Did she say that when she first met you? I don't remember. You don't remember? Or was it after three sessions with this client when I, she said no, nobody yeah. left? Yeah, right. I think it was after. Cause... Right. It wouldn't have been enough. How do you know? She didn't know you were really gifted. You didn't know what you had in you. <laughs> it was actually going through it and being with that client for three sessions. That's what re that's what revealed, you know, your gifting, and you know we look at, you know we can look at the statement, faith that is un untested, you know, or if your faith that cannot be tested cannot be trusted, it can look at it as a negative thing like that. That, but even for your own faith, if it hasn't been tested, how deep do you know it is? You know, how can you you can say. You know, you say to the, pray to the sky, why, when you're afraid to take a stand down here? Right. Um, you know, that, uh, I don't know, I was going to wait for it later. Well, go ahead, finish your um, story, and then there are a couple things that I'd like to share. <clears throat> well, no, I mean, that, that was basically my story. I mean, you know, I've gone through a lot of stuff. One of the things my pastor said tonight that I, that I laughed at internally, I didn't laugh out loud, but he said, you know, some of the people that he knows the most he said some of the sweetest people that he knows that he's ever known are those people who have gone through some of the most severe suffering. And I laughed inside when he said that because most people see me as sweet and lovable. And granted, I have my days, but for overall, I think it's pretty accurate. And I was thinking, you know, for me, that's very true. My whole life... <laughs> Uh, minus the last 24 years, really, but really my whole life, you know, has been a a, a series of very severe tests, I, you know, um, and anybody who has ever walked with a parent through any type of illness, just as a, you know, as a, uh, just as an example, you know, like right now, I don't talk about it a lot on the show, but the, you know, I mean, you guys know I'm dealing with my dad, right? 
dealing with my father, almost going on five years here, has been a real heavy test for me. It's huge. It's probably one of the most um it's one of the biggest blessings in my life, but it's also one of the heaviest burdens I've ever had. Um because this is a man who gave me life. I mean, without him I wouldn't be here, right? Uh but he didn't raise me and he wasn't there all my life. And so it's it's very weird to kind of step into a role of caregiver to a man who was supposed to be your caregiver and never was. So there's that kind of hurdle, but then but then the idea of working with somebody who's not mentally there. I mean, he's really not mentally there most of the time. He's 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 not I mean, dementia is is not a pretty illness. And and Parkinson's, you know, his Parkinson's isn't that bad, but but the dementia that can really get that can really get under you because you're like Okay, this, <laughs> if I have to sit through this stinking story five million times again, I'm going to hit somebody. <laughs> you know? I mean, that's kind of what I want to say. I actually have, I have a brother and I have a half brother um, and neither one of them do anything. Um, they might send them a birthday card. I was, I will say my, my, my brother, my, my full brother uh, has, you know, been a little bit more engaged in the last year, but but by and large, they really don't do much, you know, and, and I can't fault them for, for that. I mean, my dad wasn't there for them and they have their own lives and, um, you know, it is what it is, but I will tell you that if it had not been for this heavy, heavy burden with my dad, I don't think that I would be the person I am today. I got to (laughs) sneeze. excuse me, because I didn't know that I had that, hold on, excuse me, I did not know that I had that amount of compassion inside me. I mean, as a therapist, it's one thing, having done that about 15 years, you know, you sit, you know, sit there with people and you hear their problems and you guide them and direct them and help them. And you're going through your own recovery at the same time and, and trying to integrate, you know, your own recovery and trying to help other people. That's one thing. The death of my mom, that was another huge issue. (coughs) All of a sudden I'm sneezing and that death of my mother and cancer there, that was, that was like another massive, 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 massive trial. But dealing with my dad in, in my midlife to his old life has taught me a lot, so much about God, um, that I'd never expected, you know, and it's not just my dad. That's the thing. I go in Everybody in that place where my dad lives knows me. All the old ladies that that are there that live there, many of them have dementia and stuff. Some don't, but most of them do. You know, they all know me. I go in, I say, I hug them, I I kiss them, I I tell them funny stories, I feed them, I pass out, you know, whatever. I serve there. Um, And, you know, it's a constant look at, okay, this is could be your future. This is life at the end. These are people who have regrets. There are some people that have joy. There's some younger people that have had health issues that ended them up there through no causes of their own. 
And it really gives you a really serious look at life when you're in that. And it's kind of like, <clears throat> what do you do with it? You know what I mean? <laughs> and then when you think about the character of God and you think about God as the father and you go, okay, Lord, you see all the world's burdens and you see all the pain and you get it. I mean, you know, my pastor and his wife, as an example, they, they're going through a similar thing with one of their relatives. So I get to talk to them and go, so what did your parent do this week? <laughs> did they throw something across the room too? Or, you know, I mean, whatever. I mean, so there's, there's just different things. And it's like, you got to find a sense of humor because if you don't, you're going to kill yourself. You're like, ah, I can't deal with this, you know? You know, and I'll just be transparent here, and I see that there's a couple of questions in here. I'll get to to in a second. But this week has been difficult for me. I, d I chose on purpose not to see my dad this week. Like, I went seven whole days without seeing my father. Now, some, some of you might go, oh, well, that's no big deal. Yeah, it is. <laughs> he lives three minutes from me. I usually see him two to three times a week. And so for me not to see him one time in one week was a big deal for me. But the reason I didn't is because it's just been too draining. It's been too emotionally draining and I have to take care of myself. Otherwise, I don't have it to give because it's very, very draining. And you know what the hard part is? Not feeling guilty for it. That's really the hard part, you know? Because nobody else visits him except Randall and me. And so it's kind of like, you know, I don't want him to feel abandoned um, because he often does. You know? Yeah, you do? Yeah, so it's, you know, and then when there are, are well-meaning people who actually think that they know what's going on in your life and they're accusing you of things you're not doing because they don't take the time to listen, it's like, okay, whatever. I just don't have the emotional bandwidth to give to you right now because you are a butthead and I'm just not going to, I'm not, I'm not even going to argue with it, with you about it because you don't know you're clueless, you know? So there's, there's that, that, um, knowing and for me knowing any minute my dad could die is always there every time i get a phone call from the assisted living that's the thought that goes through my head okay did he fall hit his head in the shower you know what's what's the situation he's getting older and those phone calls are coming more so it's not easy you know so that's kind of where i'm at Thank you for letting me talk to you people. I appreciate it. But but that's where my faith is being grown. And it's where it's being tested every single day. Because there's a purpose for it. What is it? I don't know. <laughs> but what I do know is I seriously wouldn't change it. Because cause I like the person that I am. And that God has made me continue to make me to be. You know, I get that. So... Let me look at some of your comments here. Um, let's see here. Um, so somebody's asking for prayer here. Um, okay, my computer just went to sleep, okay. Yeah. 
And Gina says, it's okay. Forgive yourself if needed. You're doing great. Yeah, it's one of those things, you know, it's not that I need to forgive myself. It's just that I need to allow myself to just not do it. And my dad tells me, oh, don't worry about me, honey. <laughs> in one breath, but then in another breath, he'll sit there and tell me about all the nightmares he had about me dying on him. So it's kind of hard to to take that time to myself when my dad constantly tells me he dreams about me dying and abandoning him. It's, it's you know, because he's scared, you know. I mean, he is. He's scared. And so it's, uh, you know, it is what it is. But Randall, without my husband helping me out, I don't know. I don't know where I would be in that. But uh, anyway, Randall, you want to share your thingy or you want to comment what I said and then, you know. Weren't there some questions to answer? Well, yeah, I, I read them. By the way, thanks okay. for, thank you for the hearts. I really appreciate the hearts. I mean, you know, it's not so much that I'm like, give me five million hearts, but it's nice to know that you're there engaged, so. Um, all right, well, you know, as soon as our pastor tonight talked about, you know, some of the sweetest people he'd known going through, you know, difficult circumstances. You want to take me off? Sure. Immediately, um, what came to mind for me, here I am, what immediately came to mind to me is, um, <laughs> ignore that noise in the background. That's just me blowing my nose. Yeah. I'll turn my mic down. All right. <laughs> So what immediately came to mind for me is uh, one of my favorite devotionals, uh, Oswald Chambers, My Utmost for His Highest, which um, actually he didn't write per se. Uh, most of what is in that book is from sermons that he preached while a missionary in Egypt. And uh, his wife and daughters, plural I think, anyway, uh, you know, wrote them down. Uh, they were talented in shorthand and they basically transcribed and then later on, you know, put these things, I think it was after his death that, um, he did write some things, but I think my utmost for his pious is primarily, uh, from sermons that he preached and I could be wrong in that. Anyway, that's totally for free and not to the point. Uh, the point was I thought of this particular one or if you have that book, if you have that devotional, my utmost for a highest on June 25th is this one titled Receiving Oneself in the Fires of Sorrow. And I would just like to read that um, because it's, it goes right along with what we're talking about. The verse that uh, you know heads it is John uh, verses John chapter 12 27 through 29 and from there uh, is the words of Yeshua of Jesus he says what shall I say father save me from this hour but for this cause I came unto this hour father glorify thy name and that was just prior to uh, his betrayal and crucifixion it's like what am I gonna pray you know that save me is that the reason he came he came to give his life you know, ransom for many, to become sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Anyway, so, um, Oswald Chambers said, My attitude as a saint to sorrow and difficulty is not to ask that they may be prevented, but to ask that I may preserve the self God created me to be through every fire of sorrow. 
Our Lord received himself in the fire of sorrow. He was saved not from the hour, but out of the hour. We say that there ought not to be no sorrow, but there is sorrow, and we have to receive ourselves in its fires. If we try and evade sorrow, refuse to lay our account with it, we are foolish. Sorrow is one of the biggest facts in life. It is no use saying sorrow ought not to be. Sin and sorrow and suffering are, and it is not for us to say that God has made a mistake in allowing them. Sorrow burns up a great amount of shallowness, but it does not always make a man better. Suffering either gives me myself or it destroys myself. You cannot receive yourself in success, you lose your head. You cannot receive yourself in monotony, you grouse. The way to find yourself is in the fires of sorrow. Why it should be so is another matter, but that it is so is true in the scriptures and in human experience. You always know the man who has been through the fires of sorrow and received himself. You are certain you can go to him in trouble and find that, the, that he has ample leisure for you. If a man has not been through the fires of sorrow, he is apt to be contemptuous. He has no time for you. If you receive yourself in the fires of sorrow, God will make you nourishment for other people. So there, food for thought, I think. Good food for thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Well, and you know, it's funny because um, so much of our life we try to run from pain, mm-hmm. you know? And yet, when you, like, think about being a leper, just as an example. Lepers can't feel, which creates problems for mm-hmm. them. <laughs> Because let's say they try to touch something hot, they can't feel that it's hot, then they get burned Mm -hmm. and all that. So God, God gave, um, you know, God gave us all the capacity, I think, to bear sorrow. Um, But he gave us himself first as that example. You know, the Bible says in Isaiah 53 that Jesus was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And, you know, I was thinking about it today. I was thinking back in February this year. Many of you know, because, you, you you know, pretty much I live my life right here for you to see. But in February, I had four friends die. You know, well, father, my father-in-law was one. Um, my first client that I saw for like eight years was another. The guy that helped me get my dad's VA benefits was another. And then one of, one of my favorite, the guy that brought pickleball to where I play pickleball, the guy, it, because of him, we have pickleball where it is, which kind of changed my life in a, in a different way. That guy died, you know, and then it was like within a, a week or so after that, then one of my other friends died. It was like five people <laughs> in a period of five weeks. I mean, and these were significant people. They weren't like just acquaintances. Like, Well, the last one was kind of more of an acquaintance, but, but the other four were like, oh my gosh, <laughs> you know, this is crazy. My first counseling client died and, you know, Jim, the James, the guy that got my dad his VA benefits, that guy, without that guy, I would not have been able to deal with the stuff with my dad. That guy was like probably, like I, I think I said then, he was like an angel on earth, that guy was. 
Um, my father-in-law, that was hard for many different reasons, you know. Um, and then Joe, who I absolutely adored, you know. I mean, I just loved Joe. He was he, one of my best friends at Pickleball. And I had the privilege of telling all my Pickleball friends he died. So that was that was awful. <laughs> I say privilege, but it was... It was emotionally draining because there's like a hundred people that play pickleball and the day that I had to go in and tell everybody that he died, it was like, you know, all we were all doing was hugging each other. But, you know, you look at that and then you go, hmm, you know, when we have tragedy that happens like in our culture, like we were seeing it played out on the news, there's a reason that God said in his word that he's near to the brokenhearted. And he's nearer to those who are contrite in spirit um, because he is. He's a God of comfort. And he tells us that he will comfort us with the comfort with which he's been comforted. And he gives us that comfort so that we can comfort somebody else. So it's a, it's a move of his Holy Spirit, that, that his spirit in us, that allows us to be the ministers to people when they need it. Um, because this world is lost. And this world is dying. And I don't know how many of the 30 families that lost people that we all know about because of these senseless killings in the last day. But what I do know is that God is near there. And that there are people that, um, you know, um, that God is going to be putting in those people's lives who are left behind. So this is just a reminder. And I do see your comment there, Gina. But this is a reminder, and I, I shared this this morning on my Facebook page, you know, a couple things. Number one, make sure you have your eternity in order, right? Uh, don't think that tomorrow, you know, you have tomorrow. Today could be the last day of your life. You could die tomorrow. You could die tonight. We don't know. We have an expiration date on us. None of us knows when our end is, you know. Um, so I would encourage you to be secure in where you're going. You know, if you haven't, if you haven't received Jesus into your life and accept, you know, his love for you and the forgiveness of sins that he died for you so that he could forgive you of your sins and give you an eternity with him forever, then I encourage you to look into it. You know, read the Bible, pray, ask God to reveal himself to you. It's no hocus pocus, you know, way of going about it. It's just God wants to know you and he loves you. And the truth is, he does love you. I was sharing with somebody today my 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 always feminine protection coupon story, you know. And I love that story because it's so funny. Because God knows you. He knows you so intimately. And I've read hundreds, probably thousands of testimonies of people of how they've come to the Lord. And God knew exactly what they needed to hear, when and how. You know, even even stories like... You know, somebody's dumpster diving through a, through a dumpster and they open a Bible and they open up to a verse that speaks right to where they're at out of some weird passage in Leviticus. I mean, it's like only God can do that. He knows you. He made you. He knit you together. He fearfully and wonderfully made you. He knit you together in your mother's womb. He ordained the days that you have from beginning to end. And... He loves you. There's no other God that does, by the way. You know, the God of Allah? Nope. Uh, <laughs> Buddha? Nope. The New Age guru gods? Nope. They don't give a crap about you. In fact, they don't like you. 
but but Jesus loves you. I mean, he really does. And it's not just a cliche. It's actually a real thing, you know. So have your eternity in order. And then the other thing is um, have your affairs in order. Get Get a will done. You know, I know people don't like to talk about it. I don't even like to talk about it. I can just be honest. I'm sick of talking about legal shield and wills, to be honest. But the truth is, most people don't have them done. Most don't have their advanced directives done. Most don't have their financial power of attorney in order. And if something tragic happens, and it could, you need it. You need to have it in order. It needs to be done so that if you're the one gone, whoever's left behind knows how to take care of you. You know, and you don't end up in a big headache and you're going to if it, God forbid, it happens, you know. So that's why I mentioned Legal Shield. You can get that done for 25 bucks, people, 25 bucks. I had somebody inquire me recently and they said that they had to contact their financial advisor to verify if they could spend 25 bucks on a will. And they came back to me and they said that their financial advisor told them not to do it. To which I said, I feel sad for you because your financial advisor is going to cost you thousands of bucks by sending you to a local attorney that is going to charge you through the nose when you could get it for 25 bucks. You know, Legal Shield, you can cancel it. It's a month to month service. You don't want to keep it your whole life. You don't have to. Nobody's telling you to. But what I can tell you is that you'd be foolish not to keep it because it's going to serve you in many other ways. Um, but you need to get it done. You know, you need to get it done because you don't know. If you're single, you need to get it done. If you have pets, you need to get it done. If you have children, you need to get it done. If you have parents, you need to get it done. If you have any type of assets or property, you need to get it done. Don't put it off. And I know it's a pain in the butt, but seriously, don't put it off. Um, so I will say that. Um, let's see here. So, um... So anyway, I wanted to, uh, to let you know that. And I, uh, if you want to know how you can sign up for Legal Shield, we, we actually have a link. It's LOJ forward slash, uh, no, it's bit.ly forward slash LOJ 2019, but it's, it's down in the ticker. So you can be watching that if you want, or just get in touch with me directly after the show. Leave me a comment if you want, you know, it doesn't matter. I'm not hard to get in touch with. Uh, you can contact me through my website. BibleNewsRadio.com. We can talk. If you don't want to sign up with me, I can direct you to other people if you don't want me to help you. It's fine. I don't care. I don't take it personally. Um, the other thing is um, Ariel Ministries. You guys support Ariel. They're supporting us. It's they, It's because of them we're here still. Um, you know, you can save 20% when you use the coupon code Bible News. Um, and I can tell you that, um, you know, they got great stuff there. If, I recommend highly the highlights of the life of Christ from a Jewish perspective. They not only have it in print form, but also audio form. If you really want some good meaty theological stuff, that's the teaching that revolutionized my Christian walk. It completely changed my walk with the Lord because it gave me an understanding I never had. Uh, so there's that. And then last, if you want to be a pillar of our community um, and be a monthly donor, uh, then I, I would really appreciate that. Um, it would definitely help us out, especially at this time when I'm, you know, trying 
to, to take a lot of time to help my dad and Randall's trying to get some more work and it's been kind of thin here for, for us the last couple of months, what, four months, Randall, <laughs> something like that. Uh, God's been good. He's been providing for us, but I, you know, I'm not going to lie. We need the income. We need some money and the Lord's been providing here and there, but we, we need more. So if you want to become a pillar of our community and donate once a month to us, any amount is fine. Um, you can do that through our website, right? If you like what we do. Uh, tomorrow, also, I will remind you that if you haven't joined my Team Unstuck phone call, this is a free coaching call, really. It's an it's accountability call. If you want to be on it, then text the term there, Team Unstuck, like Bareface just put up there, to 33222. Just text that term, Team Unstuck, to 33222. And then uh, 6 o'clock tomorrow night, um, Central Time, you can be on a call with me and whoever else shows up. Um, and uh, for those of you who are on the call already, do your homework. Because <laughs> I'm going to ask you about it. First thing after we get on that call. This is a half hour call. That's it. Uh, and, um, and it's non-judgmental. It's really there to encourage you and help motivate you to go forward. You know, we all need help, you know. And I'm here to offer it to whoever wants it and, um, you know, to the capacity that God will enable me to do that. So uh, you're welcome to do that. And if you haven't joined my text message list for Bible News Radio, you can text Bible News to 33222, which is going through there right now on the ticker down there. Uh, so it's either Team Unstuck or Bible News, both to that same number, 33222. So, all right, Randall. Um Go ahead. Go ahead what? I thought, well, there's a question or a comment down here from WD um, on YouTube. says, I'm reminded of when Jesus wept and groaned before he raised Lazarus from the dead. It gives me the, the impression that Jesus felt the true tragedy of death and much sorrow it brought others. Yeah. Indeed. And, you know, that's a great example. Um, I love that story because it was that story where he quoted, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me should never die. You John know? chapter 11. Yeah. You know, um, several, yeah. gosh, a year or two ago, I don't know, we were going through uh, Jonathan Kahn's uh, Book of Mysteries. Yeah, the Book of Mysteries. Yeah. That was and good. one thing that, I mean, he didn't come up with it, but he put it so eloquently talking about how the things that we know darkness isn't a thing it's the absence of light right death isn't a thing in and of itself it's the absence of life you know falsehood isn't a thing in and of itself you can't point to falsehood that mm -hmm. it's it's the absence of truth that those things can't exist without the other there would be no falsehood if there wasn't a truth there would be no darkness if there wasn't a light you know, there would no be, there would be no death if there wasn't life. Yeah. And so, and it makes me think of how Paul talks about how, how you know, death and sin entered the world through one man. Uh, even so, you know, the second Adam, Yeshua, Christ, you know, that that um, life came, you know, that eternal life came through the second, and. You know, those things, it, it hurt, you know, the tragedy of death and much sorrow it brought others. Mm -hmm. it's, it's just, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's sad because that's, it's not the creation of God. God did not create death and sorrow. They aren't thing created things. 
they are things where what's the consequence yeah well but death is where is the absence of life and sorrow is the absence of joy those those you know death and sorrow aren't aren't standalone things that we wouldn't be able to wouldn't be able to we wouldn't have nouns like death and sorrow unless we knew about life and joy yeah by the way i do want to say one thing before i forget it because i'm at that age where sometimes things go and i'm like whoa uh, <laughs> um and that is that um this month uh today i just set up all the tweets that are going to be going tweets not tweets all the text messages that are going out to you guys on our text message list and i took a couple hours to put them together today and they're all going out because i took a lot of time to pick and pray over the verses that i'm sending you and so i want you guys to know those of you who are getting it you're going to be getting a verse but you're also going to be getting a question with that verse so i actually took the time to to take a verse and they're all about jesus i think starting in two days it's they're all specific things about how people reacted to jesus and some stuff that jesus actually said um and as i was going through it today putting it together and you know thinking about okay how can i minister to all you guys through the text message because i know a lot of people oh there's another verse of the day whatever <laughs> you know ho-hum you know i want you to know that it took me a while to do it <laughs> And I really consciously prayed over it and the questions that came to my mind as I set those to go out for you. Um, I want you to participate in it because, you know, that's why I'm doing it. Not just so you can go, oh, I read one verse of the Bible today. I feel so good about myself. No, I want you to really, really reflect on who Christ is every day as those, as those um, get texted out to you. Really think about what the verse is Go and read the context of the verse, put it in, in the, read the chapter it's in, and then look at the question that I asked you and respond to it and go, because, because it will make you grow. And I can tell you this, that today, um, after I was doing this, you know, I, I just sat there and I was like, Lord, you're so good. <laughs> you, this is who I love. You are who I love. Cause I mean, cause I was looking at all these things Jesus did and stuff he said, and I'm like. I'm really glad I serve you and not some other mean, wicked person, you know, because <laughs> it was really good. So that's just, that was just for free. Okay. There was, let's see. Mama Gina says, I can't have joy even though I'm in sorrow. I think it's still there underneath. Yeah. Um, joy isn't, joy is, a, is, is not laughter. I, I see joy as a, 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 like a calm sense of inner peace and confidence that you can have during a trial. Uh, Daniel says, good show. And that's, that's the scriptural. If we want to get scriptural about it, and the, the Greek word that we find, John, wait, John says America needs an existential, spiritual and psychological change. Yeah. Yeah. I think mankind I needs think Canada a... does too, John. Yeah. Oh, Canada. Uh, Mexico, Australia, the UK, yeah, Nigeria, yeah, Sweden. Even I mean, the world, the world. <laughs> the world. People need the Lord. Um, but yeah, the, the word that we 
find translated English translations anyways, the word joy most often in the Greek is the Greek word kara, at least from you know uh, Koine Greek, the word mm -hmm. in Koine Greek, and that's the sense of the word. It is that calm delight. It's an it's an inner oh. confidence kind of. I think of I think of Psalm what is it forty six that oh it says be still and know that I'm God. Well, that but though the the rivers you know though the you know the waves swell and the mountains shake blah 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 we you know mm -hmm. I will not be shaken. Uh, it's not, yeah, it's not a, let's party. Yeah. The, the only thing like that I know in scripture that says that kind of <clears throat> jump up or down and joy mm -hmm. is when our Lord said, uh, when you are persecuted for my name's sake, to, to be exceedingly glad. Agliaste yes. in the Greek, uh, much jumping. That's that's when we're supposed to be joyful and like when we're persecuted for his sake. Yeah, and there's a lot of people out there who are persecuted for their own sake. Right. Not for anything they're doing for the Lord. So John, John said, Dr. John, he said, I say America because the world watches America. I also believe that the U.S. was blessed by God and seemed to have turned. You're, oh, yeah, yeah. No doubt. I look at America and I go, wow. You know... Uh, we have a Christian roots, even though that's controversial to some people. It's true. I believe this is my own personal belief, whether it's not rooted in the Bible, but I actually believe that God created America in order to send the gospel to the whole world in our day. Okay. I mean, obviously God chose Israel for the gospel to come out of, but I think that he founded America ultimately so that the gospel could go to the whole world. And now that the whole world is here there are missionaries coming to America to help America because we have gone astray. You know, people yeah. always say, God bless America. I always, I say America bless God because yeah. without God, we, we, <laughs> we would be toast. And he has been more than merciful to this country. Yeah, I would add providentially, if yeah. you look at the timing of things, the, the founding of the United States of America was also instrumental in giving sanctuary to the Jews. Yep. And... And those who and bless later, the Jews will be blessed. And later giving, you know, the opportunity for Jews to return to their homeland. Even if it was a Balfour Declaration in the UK or whatever. But if you look at, uh, we won't get into World War II. I mean, it's a sticky wicket. I'm not going to get in, into all that. But, Aww. Um, what? No. <laughs> you don't want to be well, controversial? No, well, let's just say this. You look at it, the, the U.S. was was um like fighting against the axis powers and aiding the axis powers at the same time with the pen if you're talking about the you know the the, the people versus the military industrial complex versus you know the commercial whatever yeah it's yeah I'm not gonna go there long thing wherever humans are involved it's it's going to be a mixed bag and war especially war especially is is nasty stuff but through it all i think when you look at things that over u.s history yes some of the founders were deist some of them were orthodox spot on you know faithful christians by the way hi kim 
and Sharon, I don't think I got to say hi to you guys when you come in. But, you know, as John Adams said, right. that our Constitution was made for a moral and a religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of, you know, any other, something like that. And we're finding that to be true. You remove, you know, the, the, mm -hmm. the U.S. Constitution true. is framed within the context of an expectation of people with moral and spiritual, especially Judeo-Christian roots. Uh, you take it out of that context and, you know, it's that malleable document that's being deconstructed and reinterpreted, you know, every year. And, yeah, it's that's a whole other thing that could go on on my soapbox. But all that to say, yes, Dr. John, you were spot on that uh, talking about going astray, uh, you know, to whom much is given, much is required, the Lord said. And this... This particular nation has a founding like another, any other. Uh, it's quite unique. And God's hand, if you look in the history past, is, is, is really evident. And, and to stray from that, as we have in a huge way, I mean, we're now, you know, sow the wind, reap the whirlwind. That's, that's where we are now, in my not-so-humble opinion. Yeah, and you know, going back to our message tonight that our pastor preached about Smyrna, um, and getting back to kind of the topic at hand, a faith that can't not be tested, cannot be trusted, right? So we talked a little bit about suffering and stuff. Well, one of the things that we, um, you know, we see in that is how if you overcome, even to the point of death, the Lord will give you a crown of life. And, um, the other thing that, um, my pastor said tonight, I, I wrote this down. I thought it was really good. He said, we have wealth that the world doesn't see. Um, and he says here, you guys got to write this down, get a pen because this is good. My pastor, what he said was so good. And I'm going to have to write him a note and tell him I appreciate this. I'll repeat this, but you're going to want to write this. What I'm about to say, you're going to want to write this down because this is one of these truth bomb thingies. He said, name the things death can't take from you, and that's how rich you are. You know, you think about it. The world strives after stuff, left and right. But for the believer, our, our wealth is in heaven. If we're, we're laying up treasures in heaven where moth and rust can't destroy you know, when you pray for somebody, you got a treasure for that. You know, when you give to somebody, you God's blessing you for that. You might not get the reward here, but you will in heaven. And so when my pastor said tonight, name the things death can't take from you, and that's how rich you are. I wrote that down. I was like, yeah, I'm writing that down because we're all like, if I died, there'd be all this stuff left behind, right? But what isn't going to be left behind is the stuff that I did here that I'm being rewarded for up there. You know what I mean? And I, I know a lot of us are struggling financially. Um, we're still very filthy rich by world standards. So I'm not complaining about, you know, not, you know, I'm not complaining as a, a as a poorer American. <laughs> but what I am saying is that, that um, you know, death can't take your integrity. You know, it can't take your character. It can't take the witness opportunities that you share 
with other people. You know, it can't take the salvation that God gave you, you know. And, you know, and of course, too, the, it, it also says that, you know, that that if you die or you're, ra- you're raptured out, you as a believer will not have to deal with the second death, which we know is people going to hell. Because think about it, if you're born again, you're not going to have to die twice. You already died once. Spiritually, that is. So you're not going to be thrown into hell. And that's something to be super grateful for, people. <laughs> Just so you know. Born once, die twice. Yep. Born twice, die once. Yeah. I mean, that is theologically meat, right? That's theological meat. You want to chew on that. If you, you can name the things death can't take from you, that's how rich you are. You know, so, and that's why sorrow is such a, a, a so hard for the unbeliever because they have no hope, right? They don't. I mean, there is zero hope for these people. That's why they, you know, people often left behind or whatever. They, they struggle and deal in drugs and, you know, a whole bunch of other horrible things. They can't cope. But the believers who die and the families of the believers that die. And this is the one thing I can honestly say. I had four, five people that I know die. One of them, I think, went to hell. I think that was the acquaintance that I know. I think that was Dr. Cindy Brown. I'm just going to say it. I don't think Cindy made it to heaven. I think she's in hell. I saw zero evidence of her, of any faith that she had in God at her very, very end days of cancer. I think she went to hell. I don't know. God is just, he knew her heart, but from all outward experiences, it appeared Dr. Cindy Brown went to hell. My four other friends, and including my father-in-law, I have no doubt they're all in heaven. And so I don't grieve like I, I wasn't as grieved at their losses as I was when Cindy died because there was no there was no hope in her at the end of her life. She looked horrible. She sounded horrible. She had no joy, no peace. It was anguish all the way. And it's tragic. And don't don't. In my opinion, don't go down that route. Yeah, and just to be clear, you know, you're not talking about uh, good deeds or, you know, having the right sort of, you know, mannerisms or character or disposition. It's where they place their hope. Well, she placed her hope in Mother Nature and some other weird new agey stuff. So it's so hard when someone passes that aren't saved. That's right. Yeah. And, you know, me saying that to some people, oh, you're a hater. Well, you know, you can call me a hater all you want. <laughs> I, you know, it, I I speak the truth and, you know, the truth is hate to those who don't like it. Sometimes I just, you know, I would rather have somebody get mad at me for pointing out that hell exists than than actually go to hell. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and the other thing, uh, the other thing our pastor touched on, and I touched on this in the beginning, was you know about how the the synagogue of Satan, right? So the synagogue of Satan was, you know, obviously he was referring to the Jews and and I believe probably the Pharisees of that time, uh, the ones who just could not, re- you know, accept him as the Messiah. Would not. Wouldn't, you know. Um, 
we have that today. I mean, I want you to think about something. I was talking to somebody today on the phone, and I don't know if you're watching or not. But what I can say is that be very, 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 very careful who you listen to for your spiritual food. And, and this is something that God really laid on my heart like months back. Be very careful, very, very careful who you're listening to. Because there are people out there who are purporting to be prophets of God who have done who, who are not, they're not prophets. They're false prophets. The things that they speak are vain thoughts guised as from God. And they're not from God. They're not measured up from God. They are not words from God. As much as you might like their personality or whatever, they're not godly. Be very careful who you listen to. And I say this because God corrected me on this. Okay, I was listening to somebody. I'm not going to say who it is because I don't want to promote them. I have in the past and I won't now. But I was listening to this man's messages once and I was laying in bed and I'm listening to the message because I tend to listen to sermons and things like that when I go to sleep. And I just started feeling agitated. I didn't have any peace. I was feeling agitated about what I was hearing because it was apocalyptic in nature, but it was fear mongering as well. And I started to pray about this person, even though I, and I have met them in person. And I do believe they are well-meaning. I don't know. I can't say for sure if they're a believer because their ministry does never point to Christ himself. It points to a whole bunch of other fringy stuff. And, and I think, you know, and I, and I, and I remember this so clearly, and this is why I'm saying this. I remember so clearly thinking, oh my gosh, I cannot believe that I was so deceived into thinking this guy was really teaching God's word when I really stopped to think about it. Because I was like, because then I was thinking about it. I was thinking, well, where is the word of God there? Where, where is the expository Bible teaching from God's word? And that's the way you should be hearing God's word. That's frankly the only way you should be hearing God's word. And you can disagree with me a million percent. I don't care. The only way you should hear God's word is expositorily. And even I even struggle with sending out a verse of the day to you guys because I'm so ardently passionate about God's word being preached in context with the proper understanding of the context in which it was written because you can pull something completely out of context and make a whole story around it. And that's what 99% of the pastors in this country and all over the world do because they're too lazy to actually teach the Bible in the context in which it's written. And that's going to make some of you hate me, but I don't care because it's the truth. You don't take any other book and pick and choose a sentence here and there and read it and go, oh, this is, you know, what this book said. I mean, I would not take my friend's book here, Progressive progressive evil i wouldn't take this book and go huh let's see here let's see uh crowley had faith in voters to govern directly and he rejected madison's view that representative government was sufficient sufficient to mitigate their interests and you know and all that and then go huh and then here he writes jesus said as much in the gospels 
The Lord states in the Gospel of Mark that the greatest commandment is to love and worship God, and the second greatest is you shall love your your neighbor. Well, I mean, I guess you could take that. But the point is, is you, you don't do it with the newspaper. You don't do it with any other book. Why do it with the Bible? And I think that's one of the biggest deceptions of Satan is this topical preaching that we get. We pick and choose verses. We create a sermon series around three verses and then throw a whole bunch of goobly, gobbly, gooky, crappy stuff in there trying to pretend that it's Bible teaching and it's not. And the charismatic movement, bless their hearts, is one of the biggest purveyors of it. And there's a lot of those false teachers out there who are involved in the vineyard and all that other stuff. And I went to the vineyard for years. That holy laughter crap is of the devil. A whole bunch of other stuff they did is of the devil. These people are false teachers and they need to be called out for who they are. But you know what? They got the money coming in because people like their ears to be tickled. Yeah, we you know we read about in uh, Revelation 2 about the you know church of uh, Smyrna. And the synagogue of Satan. Well, the synagogue of Satan doesn't have a pentagram over the door. It doesn't have statues of Baphomet when you walk in. Um, Find that in scripture. Find that in scripture about the synagogue of Satan and the church of Satan. What you'll find are passages like Jude, book of Jude, and and read, (laughs) read 2 Corinthians, read Galatians, you know, where, where these folks uh, infiltrate the church and uh, you know they have the appearance of being believers mm-hmm. but they spout heresy and they lead people astray that's that's how satan operates it's not big flashing sign welcome to the church of satan do you like sacrificing babies and you know you know come on in that's that's not his mo his mo is to come in under the radar and and look and smell like a believer well the thing though that really got me with this particular bible teacher i'm thinking of or lack of bible teacher that he is is that i felt agitated in my spirit i didn't feel god's peace and i was telling somebody today i was telling barb today barb if you're listening this is a rerun of our conversation but i was telling barb today that i had um you know ain't you you know amos pastor amos when this guy named Amos used to pastor the church I go to, and he lives in assisted living, at least he did with my dad, and I could go and sit next to this guy. He's in his wheelchair, his legs all puffed up, he's got diabetes, kind of cranky, old <laughs> geezer, um, which I say that in a loving way. But I talked to this man, and I'm like, You're a pastor. And he's like, Yeah, I am. And I'm like, I could sit there and listen to this guy. He totally, truly has God's hand on him. He's a little kooky in his old age. But what I can say is this guy, I could just, he's got a charisma about him. He's a Baptist pastor, retired, of course. But I asked him once because I had to make this decision about my dad. It was actually before I I brought my dad to the assisted living he's living in. I, I counseled with Amos. And Amos gave me the best biblical advice ever because i'm expecting okay here's this pastor right he's gonna pull out his bible and that, in fact i actually brought him a bible that's that's how i actually got to know him was because i brought him a bible he wanted a bible so i brought him one and um when i was talking to him he said have you ever heard of the fruit of the spirit i said yeah 
he's like, well, then pray about it. And if you feel peace, just do it. He said, think about it. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> He's like, pray about it. If you feel peace, do it. If you don't feel peace about it, then don't do it. Don't go ahead with it because it's not a fruit of the Spirit. And you know, that sounds so simple. But sometimes when you're in the midst of something and the obvious eludes you, that was me at that point. But I thought, you know, that actually is, that, that actually applies to everything. So when I was listening to this Bible teacher, I'm feeling agitated by it. All of a sudden, Amos's counsel came back to me. You're not feeling peaceful about this. And I urge you, I'm not just talking Bible teachers, anybody. If you're going to watch your news, you leave feeling depressed, agitated, shut the news off. People ask me all the time at, when I go play pickleball and various things, they'll say, did you watch the news? I'm like, nope. I have people say, you're one of the most peppy, upbeat people I know. And I go, yeah, you know why? Because I don't watch the news. <laughs> I read the headlines. I might watch a video clip or something of the news. But I forbid myself from sitting in front of a TV for five hours, two hours, one hour, watching the crappy news as it tries to brainwash me and tell me their worldview. That's completely unbiblical. And it's nothing but depressing stuff. I am not going to subject my mind to that. I, I have enough things I got to deal with in my own head without putting all that crap in it. Not going to do it. Plus, it's against the scripture anyway. In Philippians 4 8, it says, Think about these things, whatever's true, just, lovely, etc. Not, let's look at what the media is going to play over a million times and the speculation of who shot who and why they did it, etc. Blah, blah, blah. Do I care? Yeah. But do I want to be immersed in it? Heck no. No way. No way. I am not going to be mind controlled by the media. Um, plus, it, it helpful. Um, yeah. <laughs> It helps that we don't have the money to afford cable. <laughs> uh, John says, I like watching Randall for that reason. He has a peaceful spirit about him. <laughs> for the most part. <laughs> He's so laid back. Yeah, he is. You haven't seen me behind the wheel. No, it's be it's, you, you have not seen Randall behind the wheel. And you haven't seen me. If I'm me. on a road by myself, I love, I love to drive. It's one of the most relaxing <laughs> things for me. It's just, I love a road trip. Open highway, it's great. I can, as, as Stacy knows, I can drive for 14 hours yeah. nonstop. And yep. I, I love it. But our drive from here to our church, less than five minutes away, do you think Randall can get that five-minute drive without a complaint? Some driver? No. 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 It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's my weakness. <laughs> it is. Cars so, with torn signals that don't work. Um, folks that, uh, you know, lane marks, you know. Lane markings are for sissies, you know. Those kind of drivers where, you know, you know, posted speed limits, whatever, you know. Who, who needs them? You know, those things are there because we share the road. And it's, I get really kind of wound up about people that yeah don't seem to realize that they share the road with others. John said Janie is like that, screaming at people. Our daughter does it now, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I look at Randall and I'll say, you do know that they can't hear you, but I can. Mm. You do know that I don't want to hear you. Yeah. <laughs> 
how about you drive? I'll drive my car. I'll meet you there. You know, I mean, it's, 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 uh, yeah, turn signals stay on for miles. That oh, that'd be to, great if the, it's yeah, not that, using that, them. <laughs> that, that used to drive me nuts in California. Oh my gosh. You know, being on the freeway when it actually moved and watching um, some bozo with his signal on. But see, what people do I, is, I is, with that. is they actually. It's the not using them. Well, no, but they're, they're like this. It's like, okay. The, they're turning the signal on, and you're you're like, okay, you let up off the thing. You're being all polite. Go ahead. Go, go, go. And then they don't go. And you're like, what the hell? What the hell? You know, how come you're not going? And and then, you're, then you get mad because the person isn't going to go because you're trying to be polite. And so then you're like, fine. So then you go, and then you see somebody who wants to get in. You're like, forget you, man. I'm speeding up. I'm not going to let you in. And, and it's this constant. The last person blew it for you. <laughs> I don't trust any of you now. It's so true. It is so true. Drivers here in Tennessee are horrible, though. And most of them are from the East Coast. That's why. And Atlanta. Atlanta? Oh, my gosh. If you want to get... Bless you, people. If, if you want to get killed driving... If you want to get killed anywhere, drive through Atlanta. Just saying. That... I almost killed me and my dad when we moved him here from Florida. Man, I, I still don't know how we got here without getting killed. Because that... Going through Atlanta... That I mean, L.A. is bad. Atlanta, oh my gosh, you guys have to have faith to drive in Atlanta. <laughs> Just saying, oh my gosh, that was horrible. Not dissing people in Atlanta. Just hey, when I went to California a few months ago, though, I drove on all those freeways, and I was like, I felt at home. I was like, wow, because yeah. you spent. Yeah, I know, but I you know the ha- driving culture or the parking culture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well the um but driving in tennessee on the on our freeways here like going down to the nashville i'm like i'm not comfortable with that at all it's like um, i'm i'm not one for mm-mm. i'm not one for 85 miles per hour 15 feet apart <laughs> no <laughs> so anyway and yeah. you're doing a hundred some odd feet per second and you're like 15 feet apart what could go wrong no uh, anyway, well, you know, I can you tell got you, me started. having had that accident earlier, well, it was almost a year ago now. Um, I have a, I have a, a, a respect for fast feet. Well, just for car crashes in general, you know. Anyway, Atlanta, a year ago, you were in an accident. Oh, yeah, with Cheryl. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that was well. So, so that really wasn't. I guess it was an accident. It gave but... me whiplash pretty good. Yeah, you can call it an accident. Yeah, but... it was, yeah. Atlanta, six lanes going one way, 3 a.m. traffic bumper to bumper. I was yeah. like, what? Yeah, Atlanta, that's what That's what I'm saying. Atlanta, bless their hearts. Yeah. Atlanta, I don't know. I don't know. It, it's, not, it's not L.A. yet, but it's, it's like this, this close. Yeah, all this based on John saying you're peaceful. Yeah. You don't yeah. know him. You don't know him, John. No, you don't. I... He, no, no he, I actually get he, that a lot. He, he, he really... What'd you, what'd you hear at the potato Well, club? you know, okay, you know what it is, is mm. that Randall is very... Well, he's got me as his wife, so, you know, yeah, I'm the charismatic, charming, magnetic one. He keeps me grounded. And he... <laughs> and and he, he, he's the super boring one. Nonchalant, laid back, you know. I mean, we really do balance each other out, you know. I mean, I'm... I don't know, just... In my 55 years, I've learned not to get worked up about a lot. 
Which is why he has high blood pressure, and I don't. <laughs> I don't. Saying. Last time I checked, I was doing fine. Yeah, that's good. Walmart said he was doing good. The Walmart blood no, pressure. No, no, it was the one at. Uh, um, I think it was one at Publix. Publix, okay. So it can be trusted. <laughs> For fun, maybe that's what we'll blood do. Blood pressure that has on been our, tested can be trusted. On our anniversary, we'll go to Walmart together and have the blood pressure see who who gets the. <laughs> you know, you're getting old when you go to the drugstore to get your. You know, your vitals done. <laughs> of course, now they ask you for all this personal information. You know, I I lie. I put in a not my true birth date. And, no, Randall's and... not super boring at all. He's Randall is actually <laughs> Randall. What can I say? I have many passions. I was taken by surprise when I met him. No, I was. Yeah, going to Walmart can raise your blood pressure. Well, or it could get you killed. I mean, depending on where you go, um, you know. That's why I have my groceries delivered, because the guy delivering my groceries is not going to kill me. That you know of. That I know of. Yeah. Although I was thinking about it today, I was thinking, okay, we've had the same guy deliver our groceries twice. Now he's starting to know what kind of food we eat. He you knows know. where we live. He knows where we live too. <laughs> I gave him a legal shield card. <laughs> you need some identity theft protection? Uh, okay, all right. So our show's almost over. Wow, it is. Hard to believe we were able to talk for 90 minutes, huh, people? Take it out, Stacey Lynn. Mm. All right, so everybody, tomorrow, uh, if you want to connect with me, join me on my Unstuck Club phone call. And like I said before, you can you can text UNSTUCK to 33222 or email me if you forget it if you want to be on the call and um and you know i'll be available for a half hour between 6 and 6 30 central um and of course you can follow us everywhere on social media and if you need anything uh like john you know we got john's prayer request if you guys need anything you know we can help with just let us know all right obviously pray for america pray for people to come to the lord um a lot of people need the Lord. Yeah, they do. And as Pastor Jack Hibbs said recently in a sermon, one of the best ways that you can be confident and grow in your boldness is to live a life of purity and uh, holiness so that if somebody tries to come after you and claim that you are you know, some type of scoundrel that you don't need to defend yourself because your life speaks for itself. So be bold. Stand up and go with God, people. Because he loves you.